0: This is a Genesis thing for us. The best thing that we can do is just know that this is the goal, this is the challenge, and work through it. Welcome to the experiment. Hey, this is Rob Simone.
1: Summer Friday is an ethos, a feeling, a chemical fit. The organic conversations are the fun part. Hopefully people get to know us, and
2: in that way understand the culture a little bit more.
0: This podcast is a testament to that
1: ethos. It's about business, entrepreneurship, marketing, and life. Does MTV still exist? Uh, like, it exists. I haven't like turned on my TV to that channel, but presumably something's there.
2: It's mostly just videos right now that I've seen.
1: Okay. Prove it. <laughs> Their URL, like it says MTV, reality TV shows, pop culture, and music videos. I feel like they're lying. I feel like there's no music videos. No,
2: they were I'm telling you. I remember sitting in some barber shop. It's playing, and yeah, because I go to the barber um, and and watching videos. What do they cut at the barber for me? They just buff you out. No, I'm usually there for my son. I don't have any hair, so
0: it's <laughs> Willie Nelson turned ninety. I almost think like he would be older. No, he's. well I mean, he's always been ninety, but you know. He's really 90 now.
1: The oldest person in my family made it to 107. So that's my goal is to, you know, 110, something like that.
0: I told my kids who are 10, 8, and 5 that if I live to be 100, that they have to do the cake with 100 candles. And if they don't, they're out of the will. It's in. a,
1: it's a clause in there. That's good. I feel like it, it builds a, a positive future vision. That's all I really want that big cake. So you and the leadership at Summer Friday have been together for 13, 14 years? So
0: Mike and I have been partners for almost 17 years. Okay, Uh, We started a company together in 2006, but then we knew each other before that at Gray. Yeah. Um, And I have known slash worked with Alicia and Sarah for seven or eight years now. So, um, yeah, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of shared experience there, shared history there. And we all kind of got together at different stages, but, you know, there's serious commonalities in, in our journeys and what has led us to look at things a little bit differently. But it's it has at least the right objective in mind. Um, I think that, like, people start companies and they don't necessarily... I mean, the more people are thinking it through now, but people start businesses and it's all just work and challenges from day one. So having the ability to like meditate on and or think through where it's leading is not something that most founders do. Maybe it's second or third time founders they do. Most people get to it after it's already taken some course, right? Right. And they're usually getting around to thinking through it because there's a problem. Right there's like a culture issue that is something that I think about a lot.
1: Then it's funny um, talking with a lot of people at the recent offsite. Um, it seems like a lot of people are very much dedicated to staying here and helping helping you know grow and grow and mature with the company. And that that's also something you know that you don't hear very often.
2: I think the perspective shifts even for leadership. Right, it's not like we're here and are making all those decisions sort of in a silo. Um, we're, we're looking for opinion and we're being very clear around our job, what we're constantly looking at, what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I think it, it, it levels up that appreciation when you can report in the way that we do. Um, and everyone now understands, okay, there's a much bigger picture at play here and I'm being brought into the folds because there's respect, there's trust, Um, And I can, I can understand that the full dynamic is a full team.
0: It's not them, us. I certainly hope so. Um, That's our goal. That's, you know, that's our naive kind of thing we say is that like, you know, it's my job. It's the job of leadership to figure out how you never have to leave. Um, You know, I can't speak for everyone because some people like there are some, there are clearly some people that are a part of our team who will go off and be entrepreneurs right? Or become full-time moms or dads, you know, like that's going to happen Two summer Friday team members already in three years have gone to work and be writers for Netflix. Wow. So what, I mean, go get your dream job. If that's your dream job, like I never stand in the way of all of that. I just wanted to be structured in such a way that you don't have to move to gain. And if I can create that environment, then the only people who are going to leave are people who are leaving for the best possible reason. Right. I don't want people to want to leave because of toxicity. I don't want people to leave because of financial boundaries. And I don't want people to leave because they're not learning or challenged anymore. But I think the, the best thing that we can do is is just know that this is the goal, this is the challenge and and work around it uh, and work through it versus just doing and again, the, the people that I were sort of like referring to before who start businesses and don't really like pre-think this. That's because you they've have experience in business and they're they're just using the playbook that they've been given. And the playbook that we've all been given is flawed. Yeah. Or at least it's flawed with what we're dealing with now, in terms of like what people want, what their experience is, what family life is, what America is. That playbook does not necessarily work. It may work again. Parts of it will always work. Everything is cyclical. I do believe that. But I'm trying to unsubscribe as much as possible to a lot of that to see if this is possible. And if it becomes impossible, I still think this is a really valuable endeavor.
1: Yeah, the the Summer Friday playbook is so, so different. I've I said this to you before, but it's like it was almost hard to believe because a lot of people kind of talk about company culture and putting you know employees in the team first. Um, but it's often just a kind of an illusion. So after seeing it actually play out for real, it's, it's shocking. And well, two things, one, the inspiration, which I think was more of an away from that playbook. And then also to me, it's fairly novel and unique.
2: Yeah. I think that the the thing that's been a gem from that is the trust that gets formed from it it just level sets in a beautiful way and i think we've come to learn that you know for us at least every working relationship needs to start with a level of trust um and it goes both ways like we need to trust our clients in their understanding of what we're what we're working towards and they need to trust that we're not going to try to oversell or pitch or position ourselves as knowing everything You know, Rob and I were kind of brought up in the days where everyone needed to have the answer. Um, but we've built such a structure where it's, we're kind of in it together, trying to make something great together. And we're each doing our part, but we know what we know, and we're going to bring our best to the table. Um, And sometimes
0: that's questions like, what about the UFOs? (laughs) Uh, We have one in possession indefinitely. (laughs)
1: I I didn't listen to the hearings is that the big the big takeaway? Sure, but the the question is are they
0: coming? Like is it going to go public at some point? And like <laughs> who is thinking that these are extraterrestrial? Yeah, I mean, I'm always been assuming watching the footage and seeing all of this news that these are like man-made technologically advanced sort of like drone or spy devices. The 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 report claimed that they had bodies
2: as well. that were not human. So Get the fuck out of here.
1: What's the public perception of aliens? Because it's like, it's most times in the movies, they're bad.
2: Yeah. we got to rebrand aliens. We got to think of a
0: whole branding initiative as they're coming. For sure. And they probably need a PR agency, not a marketing agency first. But Dan could do a lot of research for them.
1: We could do a little spec work, I think, and try to uh, come up with a campaign.
0: I like it. (laughs) Well, the brilliance of this show is that it's about nothing, but it always gets to the something. Like we drove it to a couple of key moments, and then the alien thing fucked us up. But like, <laughs>
2: you asked me to come on. <laughs> that's all right.
0: It was it's fun. It's good. We need to talk about you know aliens and whatever else. It's fine.
1: It's been a journey. <laughs> that sort of is the, is an archetype for the creative process. It's like you have to be able to go in all those different directions to get to the right answer.
0: Well, I think. You have to be part of it to really understand it. And at a larger company, that's really hard. At a small company, it's okay because some people will choose to go on the journey. And when they do, we have such a cohesive culture that they are living it. They're living it because they're seeing, like, my job ends sometimes and the job of the team takes over and they reinforce that. If you think about it, like, the playbook is fluid, right? There's nothing that I would ever say is a part of our playbook now that would... Uh, be set in stone, other than the fact that we're very supportive, transparent, authentic, right? Like we're that is evergreen, and it it makes for everything to be possible. And and it's as much selfless as it is selfish. Like I tell this to people all the time. What what is good for you as a team member that feels like it's all about you, the team member, is often really good for me and my partners as business owners, like decision making like we could start with decision making a lot of decision making at companies big and small is top down or at least it's upper middle management down and the challenge is always about like taking something that's really good from the top and getting it to happen on the street we used to have people talk about this all the time at my last role just about how hard it is to take a directive and get it to actually play out on the street think about it right if you let your team be the decision maker on whether or not to work with a new client even if the economics are really good, but maybe there's red flags with behavior. Maybe there's uh, red flags with respect to like chemistry or, or set or capabilities match. A lot of agencies will take on assignments, believing they can fix them or believing it's worth it. And even if it's over in a couple of years or a year that the revenue is worth it and it's good for the team to learn. It's usually not, it's usually toxic and it's usually creates a loss. Um, So we've had situations where we've done pitches, really liked the way that the project looked, but had concerns about the client. Team has raised their hand, had concerns about, you know, what is being asked of us. And essentially, we're now just saying, is this a perfect fit? Is this an ideal fit for us, right? Or isn't it? Because in the end, if it's not, right, even if the money's good, okay, somebody's going to end up unhappy and we're going to lose people. We're gonna lose engagement, we're gonna lose money, clients not gonna like us, they're gonna be saying bad things about us out there, right? And how so much of our business is built on referrals. You can't be short-sighted. And we let our people make those decisions whenever they express the desire to.
1: Reminds me of like relationships where like you might, you know, it looks good on paper, but there's red flags you're ignoring, and you kind of go for it anyway, but then it fizzles out or it you know hits a wall um and also it also reminds me too of, of allowing the employees to be part of that discussion decision making it's like giving them a voice it's like there's so much like relationship dynamics uh comparisons that i can see
0: if you want to get all you know business science right you think about it through two types of lenses you think about it through like uvp and and through kpis right so I had this this moment where I was thinking about early summer Friday days, like what our unique value is going to be. And, you know, people say that all the time, they throw that term around all the time. Like Every single company out there has got some sort of UVP, whether it's a well thought out mission or it's just a tagline, right? And it is directed at the client. It's directed at the buyer. It's always, you know, we are the best at this. We are the fastest at this. 15 minutes to save you 15%, you know, whatever it is. And that is fine. If it's actually unique, but it better really be unique. And I was thinking about how Summer Friday could be completely unique in that standpoint and what we have to offer. And it's essentially that our UVP is not to our client. Our UVP is to our talent. And if we focus on culture first, right? If we focus on our talent as our greatest asset, our clients are happy, right? So we could say all the stuff, to the world out there so we hope they'll sign proposals and work with us but it's all sales talk in the end when it comes to uvps and taglines and every agency's language that's on their website doesn't really matter right until you work with them they could win all the awards in in the world for creative but what working with them is like is really all that matters and so Nobody believes that stuff anyway, unless you literally have something that no one else can get anywhere um, from, like a technology standpoint. Right, right. With the likes of, does not usually exist at any agency. Every media performance partner says they have data that the other guy doesn't, or a tech stack that they don't. You know, every agency says they have creative talent that is, you know, effective and 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 famous and award winning, and you know, can scale and all of that stuff. It's all blends into gobbledygook in the into the minds of the prospect, if we focus on our team, our team becomes assets. Our assets are highly productive. They're happy. They're healthy. They're uh, smart. They're learning. They're growing. They're passionate. All of that passes to the client. And they experience the opposite of all the things that they hate about agencies. They experience consistency instead of turnover. They experience happy, healthy employees instead of people who are looking for their next career step. They experience people who are who want to work on their business versus being told they have to work on their business because somebody brought the business in. That's not that they experience all of that stuff. And that makes all of the difference. And it's only possible on a boutique level. And so that's our UVP, at least for now. And we'll keep fueling assets because essentially what we're selling
2: is we're selling talent. Yeah. I think the other one for me is like from a creative standpoint, right? Like creative sense. We always talk about, oh, best ideas come from everywhere. And, you know, you you learned where brainstorming started and the evolution of brainstorming. Um, but I just remember being part of creative teams where they were pit up against each other and the best creative wins. And like that to me was a bullshit rule. Like it's not about competing necessarily. It's about collaborating um, and bringing a diversity of thinking to the mix. And by the way, the client can be a part of that. <laughs> You know, like the the client should and can be a part of that. And oh my God, I'm a creative who loves strategy and research, which now is more common uh, than before. But that was like a no way um, a a long time ago. And that just shrouded our business and creatives all alike was just so much bullshit.
0: Yeah. Year over year revenue is a bad KPI for an agency. It's bad. Right, like you, you have to grow you, your revenue has to grow, duh, but it's a bad first priority for a KPI because it fuels shitty decisions. It fuels bad decisions around capabilities match about it usually has new business folks who are making decisions, but they're compensated through commissions, and they're not making the best decisions possible. They're looking to to make their quotas. It it, it fuels a million bad decisions and it fuels fear and it fuels all of those things. The one KPI that you have to be focused on at our stage and our level is longevity of partnerships. The longer you work with clients, the better the relationship becomes. You obviously don't continue to work with clients that are bad partners, but when you focus on partnership, the good ones really shine. You spread within those partnerships, you become more efficient, you know their business better, your people who work on them become experts. All of that falls into place and what you have is you have perfect synergy and you become profitable. You are getting more scope from happy clients and you're getting referrals because they're happy with what you're doing to a level that they don't see in other places. It takes discipline, man. Like it's not easy to focus on that. It's not easy to say, no, we don't want that other thing because, you know, even though there's money there, it takes a lot of discipline, but it, it, it's our secret. Thanks so much for tuning in. There's so much more to come. Please take a moment to subscribe if you haven't already and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you.